0: Following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network.
1: Here's what's cooking on an all-new Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. We're ranking outfielders today, and we got a special guest, Bob Long, joining us as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Play ball. Welcome in to an all new edition of the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com and Righteous Felon Jerky. Welcome in folks. I'm your host, Vince Stover. I'll be joined in a little bit by Kevin Wilson. Uh, and we also have another guest coming on uh, here in just a few minutes as well. We'll introduce to you. Uh, I am located in Kentucky, and we've had power outages this week due to storms. And so I'm in a friend's basement right now, uh, not in my normal settings. Uh, so hopefully everything works audio-wise, Wi-Fi-wise, all that kind of stuff. And we give you a great show today, and we are looking forward uh, to the show that is ahead uh, as well. We want to say hello to our live viewers watching on the Sports Stove YouTube page, and all those watching in on the Belly Up Fantasy Facebook page, and also welcome in to all those listening later on uh, to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your uh, podcast to listen to so we sure do appreciate you joining us in if you have missed any of the past episodes make sure you go to the sports stove youtube page or the sports stove podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast and you can listen to all the past episodes where we've ranked uh, middle infielders corner infielders as well as catchers already so far this season and again today we're going to be looking at outfielders we'll talk a little bit about designated hitters as well and looking forward to uh, to that. But first, let's get into our first segment of the day called our Fantasy Burner. The fantasy Burner is a uh, topics where we look at just a quick fantasy topic each week. And uh, this week, I want to talk about strategy and specifically kind of talk about your uh, draft strategies. There's a lot of different ways you can go about your fantasy baseball drafts, uh, whether you're a-, a homer. You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. When we gave our homer picks. And there are times where you got guys from your team, the team you cheer for, that you just feel like, man, I got to have these guys on my team. When I first started playing fantasy baseball many, many moons ago, Uh, I came across this philosophy just as a way to follow baseball. I I wasn't uh, diving deep into baseball at that time. I I had the team I cheered for and I wanted a better way, an easier way to follow them. And having them on my fantasy team made the most sense because then I could uh, play fantasy sports as well as keep up with my favorite players and favorite team. And so that's something that I did for a while. Then I grew more competitively. And so then you come into different draft strategies. When you have a draft strategy, you have to find out uh, what your league is. You have to know the rules of your league. You cannot have a draft strategy uh, if you do not know how your league is scored and every league can be a little bit different. Uh, We play on the ESPN pages, uh, I've got a, a league that I've been doing, managing for for many years with friends uh, and family in it. And then we do our uh, Belly Up Fantasy League as well, which is a head-to-head points league. The other league I do is a head-to-head categories league. And uh, and I really need to branch out. I need to try some other things. But I've just been doing this for so long. I did a Yahoo League, points league um, a couple of years ago, and, and it was fine and everything. I, I love our Belly Up Fantasy League. And, uh, and again, the competition with, with guys that we're working with at Belly Up and other things as well. And uh, when you get into these points leagues, for instance, because when we're doing our rankings um, with Kevin and Kevin will be on later in the program, we do a head to head points league. So we have to study it out. And honestly, in our league, pitchers score as much as as anybody. And so. I expect there will be at least a couple of us that go pitcher heavy in our draft in two weeks, which we're going to do live right here on the belly of uh, the, the sports Stow fantasy baseball show. And, uh, and, and if you go pitcher heavy though, you have to look out for a couple things. Number one, if a pitcher gets injured and misses multiple starts, that's going to hurt you. I think more than if a, if a batter gets injured and misses some things as well. Um, and so, sorry, trying to find the right lighting to help out with this uh, this wonderful setup. And I appreciate friends helping me out with this. Um, so uh, if you go pitcher heavy, you got to understand the injury risk. So if you're going to go Jacob deGrom, for instance, you might want to kind of, I don't know, to me, that's a dangerous strategy. If you're going to go Jacob deGrom, especially early, and you got you to gotta hope that he stays at all healthy, um, that's a scary way to go. But again, in our league, that's going to score you a lot of points if they're healthy, if they're getting starts. We also have um, points for holds, so you can get the setup guy uh, off the bullpen. Uh, we get points for saves, of course, as well. So pitching is is vital in the league, the belly up league that we do. And my other league that I'm in, it is it, it's it's a little bit more even. Uh, you can get a couple different different strategies. So I tend to go more heavy with hitters. Um, it's a keeper league. So I'm able to keep pitchers and and kind of stock up on hitters through the draft and kind of play it that way as well. So when you're looking at fantasy baseball draft strategies, first of all, you got to know, you got to know your league. You got to know how it's scored. You also need to know the other people in your league. Um, Recently we, in the belly up fantasy baseball league, uh, we got some new people that are going to be a part of it. We'll introduce those to you as we get into the draft in two weeks. Uh, But in, in, in that league, um, I find out who, who do these guys cheer for. Cause you got to know if there's going to be homers in your league, you know, that a guy from their team might go around earlier. So if you really want them, you might have to reach for them. Now a smart fantasy baseball player isn't going to reach for anybody. They're going to wait and take the value that's there for them in whatever round it is that they are sitting in. So when you're coming up with your strategy, you've got to know who's in your league. You have to understand, Hey, this guy, he, he loves, uh, he loves the Yankees, so he's going to take all these Yankees uh, in our round or so early, or if you're in the back end on the draft this year, I'm going to be sitting at uh, number nine or number 10, number 10, so I'll have back-to-back picks, and I won't pick again for 20 picks, so it's, it's understanding, okay, who's going to be there when I come back around, is it worth reaching for this guy now, because I know he's not going to be there at the end as well, so you have to think through all these things and maybe you've already done your draft and now you're trying to pick off the pile a little bit, which is a great thing you got to do. And we'll talk about that in future episodes as well, but we're getting ready for draft for, for me, it's draft season right now. We're we're in that process of, of drafting at these leagues. And so in doing so we're planning out, okay, how does this league score? What do I need to focus on? What are the other guys doing? I personally go into drafts with uh, not not as much of a plan as maybe you would think. I like to see what everybody else is going to do. If they're going to go pitcher heavy, I'll go the other direction and I'll get my pitchers later in the draft. If they're going bad or heavy, well, then I'll take my pitchers early and wait. I'm very much a wait and see. My dad, he likes to plan out, okay, in the first round, I need this position. In the second round, I need this position. By the fifth round, I need at least three of these positions, whatever it may be. Uh, for me, I like to keep it more fluid uh but that's the way it is and then you got Kevin who we'll talk to later in the show and Kevin personally i think he's going to go pitcher heavy we'll see see in uh in a couple of weeks but uh Kevin's also the kind of guy he's got no ties he doesn't care about homers he's he's not going to take someone from the dodgers because he likes the dodgers he's going to take the best value that's available to him at the time he's going to reach for a couple guys that he likes but not from the dodgers he's going to reach from guys uh that he likes like mj melendez for instance Uh, I guarantee you Kevin ends up with with MJ Melendez because he is all in on him and he's probably going to take him around earlier than anybody else was going to take him. He did the same thing with Yadier Molina for years and he'll do the same thing with Melendez this year. So you've heard it here when we do the draft. I'm not sure if Kevin's going to see this part of the show or not. We'll bring this back up and say, I told you so. Uh, But that's your fantasy burner for this week. We got to make sure that you are ready for the draft. This draft season is upon us. It's time now to shift to our second segment of the show. It's our guest segment, the call to the Pin. <laughs> Our next segment is the call to the pen. It is presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. If you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. Righteous Felon has partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up supply and guarantee the best tasting, the best textured, and the freshest beef jerky on the market. Righteous Felon offers free shipping on all orders, $50 or more. You can visit RighteousFelon.com, use the promo code BELLYUP, and you're going to get 15% off your purchase. Uh, bringing in now our first guest of the program, joins us for the first time on this show. He is the founder of the Fantasy Football Expo and the annual Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. He's Bob Lung. Bob, thanks for being with us.
0: Thanks for having me. Um, and also now the uh, we'll talk about this. I guess I can get that yep. on the Fantasy Baseball Consistency <laughs> Guide, which we will definitely talk about as well. But, yeah, thank you for having me on.
1: Yeah. Uh, thank you for being on. I I told the listeners at the beginning of the show, we got power outages in my area. So I'm in a friend's uh, basement tonight. So hopefully you can hear me. OK. And yeah, I'm good. And, OK, very good. Oh, Bob, I appreciate you coming on. And I do want to talk about that consistency guide um, because consistency is an area that's it's hard for the average person to go out and track. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're part of this consistency guide that you've done in football and now doing in baseball as right. well. Um, what is the key, I guess, to, to tracking this consistency and how is that helping fantasy baseball players?
0: Well, you know, it's no different than fantasy football. And I mean, obviously there's people out there that just do baseball and that's fine, but a lot of, a lot of us do both. Um, and you know, the, the old days we seemed to be more rotisserie accumulative, but, I'm seeing and what, what caused us to really go out and create this uh, baseball consistency guy was two reasons. Number one, we actually have a tool on Big Guy Fantasy Sports website that you can go in and put in your scoring method in your head-to-head points <laughs> league, and it literally will calculate the consistency for the players in your league by position. Um, and it uses the same formula as we do for football. It gets a quality factor for that position by week, and then basically every time a player goes over that quality factor or that, that number for the week, and for example, I'm looking at it now on the website, first baseman, clutch factor for typical scoring, you know, nothing fancy, uh, your typical uh, head-to-heads points league is 16.38. So Pete Alonzo is number one in fantasy points, uh, but he's 76%, which actually ranks him, Once this re- redoes here, um, in third place. Um, so he's right there, you know, or he's actually tied for, tie for second. Christian uh, Walker, who played a little bit less, was 80% consistent uh, and ranked seventh in total points at that position. So that's what we're there trying to show, is that everybody looks at points. Uh, it's always, always a factor in football for years. Everybody's like, all right, this guy scored the most points for the season, so he must be one of the better players. And he might be, but he also might be inconsistent in getting there. And that's what we're trying to show folks is that, especially in baseball, where you got 26 weeks to go by or 25 weeks, um, you want a player that not only scores points, a lot of points, but also on a consistent basis. Because there's certainly guys out there, and I'm scrolling down through first baseman, and we got folks like uh, Reese Hos- Hoskins, who 10th uh, in total points, but only 56 percent consistent which means barely over half the time is he really helping your team at first base on a, on a week to week basis. That's what this is about. That's what the guide's about. That's what the website, the tools that we have there uh, to show you that. And the cool thing we just added is a trend report. So you can see during the season how hot or not these players are. So you can actually look and see, Oh, wow, this guy's put up three straight, you know, consistent weeks in a row. Uh, Maybe it's time to get on the bandwagon with him, um, and it might be somebody you're not aware of. Uh, so that's what we're there. Uh, both these tools are very helpful during the season. The guide is helpful to help you prep for the draft itself. Uh, but this is the only consistency tool out there that I'm aware of in fantasy baseball and head-to-head points leagues.
1: Yeah, it's funny. For so many years, we just kind of go off our gut, right? You have a guy that you had on your team, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't like that guy. He, he screwed me over. And then you look at the total points, you think, oh, he did okay. But just for some reason – you never liked him. You never felt like he was there for you, even though his total points were good. Right. And now this is putting, I think, uh, um, stats to your gut that says, right. this is why you don't like him. <laughs> this yeah. is this is the issue here, right? Yeah. Because waiver wires, especially, you know, we're in draft season right now, mm-hmm. but within a couple of weeks, we're going to be in waiver wire season where we're trying to find those guys as people get injured as people just completely fall off the the face of the earth, whatever it may be, (laughs) we got to find something to give us the advantage over. Cause right now everybody's kind of using the same tools. It seems like. And uh, so you got to find that, that one thing that's going to put you over the top in your league.
0: Yeah, no. And this is exactly what it's about. I mean, this is what I created in football years ago. Um, You know, the fantasy football consistency guide has been out for seven years and Mm one Uh, It was nominated six straight years in a row um, over the last six years by fantasy sports writers of America is one of the top publications in the country. And it's because it's, it's that tool that people can't find anywhere else. You want the edge, you need an edge because everybody's got the same data. Guess what? Not everybody's got this book. It's hard to see on here, isn't it? uh, It's a dang uh, thing. But yeah, Yeah. go to Amazon, uh, just type in fantasy baseball consistency. It's going to pop up. It's only seven ninety nine. Um, you can get it in two or three days if you're a prime, uh, you know, prime uh, uh, subscriber, and boom, you're ready for this coming next coming weekend for your drafts or whenever they are. Um, you know, we're updating it um, if there's anything going on, injuries or you know, concerns. Um, but uh, and and I and I'm gonna be flat honest. I am not the baseball consistency expert. I, I know how to play. I've, I've done it. But it's Ron Rigney at our website that does all of the top stuff. He wrote the whole book. I just helped put the stats together. Um, but this has always just been something in the background that I felt like just needed to be out there. Football mm. was definitely proving that. I mean, we're hoping someday to have this for head-to-head hockey leagues and head-to-head NBA leagues. And so, you know, anytime there's a head-to-head scenario, consistency is what you want out of your players in addition to them scoring a lot of points.
1: What got you into the fantasy football world? What, what was it that kind of drug you into, hey, I can make a career out of this?
0: Uh, the career thing took a long time. I started playing sure. fantasy football in 1985. Okay. Um, I, I was one. Came,
1: huh? <laughs> I was you're, one year old.
0: Year one, yes. Yeah, well, you, you're one of the rare ones. A lot of them go, I wasn't born yet. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> you're, um, but, yeah, we started playing even before the internet. Thought it was a fun game. Um, The consistency concept came in 2002 when my team uh didn't make the playoffs. I was 500, and I was the second highest scoring team in the league, and I was just curious like what the heck happened and uh, i'm a cpa by day so okay. i was a bean counter so n- crunching numbers is my thing so i started crunching the numbers and i found out that i had three or four very inconsistent players that you know scored a lot of points but didn't do it consistently and they were really hurt my team and i said oh okay well i'm so i just started creating things and got some help from people that were did web design and database stuff and you know long story short um i started putting out my own articles started creating my own online tools and then started my own site about eight, 10 years ago, started doing the book. It just, it just became more and more obvious that people really wanted this information. I was putting an article in like the magazines you could buy on the shelves. um, But people wanted more of that. And most of the magazines that I were doing something for said, well, we don't have enough room to put any more of that data. Why don't you just do your own book? I'm like, Oh, okay. So, you know, I didn't realize Amazon allowed you to do that. And so I started doing it, put it out there. And like I said, now it's been very successful and very well respected. And I'm honored by that. Um, But it's, you know, just like just like we're doing now for baseball. It's so important to share this knowledge to help people get that edge that nobody else is doing. And back then, while there were some people doing consistency in fantasy football, it wasn't at the level we wanted to do it, which was super deep, really getting into the players, finding different ways to Twist the data to know, hey, they're hot, they're not. You know, do they have a great second half that might lead into a great 2023 season? And same way with baseball. We're doing the same stuff. we providing this these tools and this data that people like, you know, uh, uh, yeah, when, when brain dead. Um, <laughs> I was kind of think the guy that writes the uh, – Ron Chandler. Hmm. I put out the, you know, fantastic stuff for years. Um, I've known him for many years, and he was one really helped push – me, when I was kind of like, I don't think anybody cares about this stuff. And he said, well, you know, when my book first came out. I didn't think anybody cared about all these analytics either. And now I've been writing a book for 32 years. I'm like, yep, you, you get it. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, he was a big push and he was a big friend and big supporter. And, you know, Ron Chandler's always was there. And, you know, it's uh... but I'd never thought about consistency, fantasy baseball because head to head leagues weren't as cool then. You know, it was mm. always rotisserie, rotisserie. It was all about the cumulative. Which did no good for consistency. Now fantasy football players who do some fantasy baseball seem to be trending towards the head-to-head points leagues because it's very similar to fantasy football. You set a lineup once a week and you get your points and you win. You know, whether it's by, you know, doing it with the five by five or just a win is a win, it's still a head-to-head scenario, and that's what we're trying to help folks out with.
1: Yeah. For me, you know, I got into baseball. I was, I was into fantasy football since I was 11. Uh, my dad let me in one of his leagues and and we had a great, that was back when it was all on paper and we had one guy print off everything at the end of the week and yeah. give you your points and everything like that. Um, I got into fantasy baseball just to follow my favorite players. Like yeah. it was the thing to do, I suppose. And I've been in categories leagues for a long time. And then we're just recently started getting into the points leagues and love it. Absolutely love it. Um,
0: What's well, funny, if I can interrupt you real quick, yeah. I heard you talking before before I came on and you were talking about one of the things that I always laughed at back when I did play fantasy baseball back in the 90s um, and it was the Homers. Yeah. Um, now, I live in Northeast Ohio and in the 90s, the Indians were, were awesome. Yeah. And so I would just, it was an auction league all the time. So I would just let these guys just... Horribly overbid. Like Albert Bell would be going for like seventy five dollars, and Tommy would be going for sixty five. And I would just just sit back and just wait for these guys to just spend all their money, and they'd be like, "Um, I'll take Ichiro Suzuki for a dollar." <laughs> and <they're, laughs> and I would just I won seven out of ten years, and then finally, yeah, just yeah. yeah. <laughs> just I just, like you said, they were. I knew they were all homers, and all I had to do was wait for them to clear out all the Indians, which are still good players. I'm like, sure, argue, but, sure. Uh, but after they bought one or two of them, they were completely broke and they couldn't yeah. do
1: anything. So, Yeah, last year we had a guy in our league. He's not in the league this year, but <clears throat> first round he took, I don't remember who, one of the Indians pitchers or Guardians pitchers. And uh, we were all like, what are you doing? This is pick number five in the draft. And um, and so my dad, my dad who loves playing fantasy sports, he texted me just a couple of days ago. He goes, I need to know who everybody's favorite team is in the league. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> so, so working on getting that information for yeah. him. And, you know, to me, if you're going to cheer for a team, it's nice to have a guy on your fantasy team that you like. But if you're actually in it to win it, you kind of have to put all that aside. Not kind of. You have to put all that aside and go out and and find the right people. And your tools at Big Guy Fantasy Sports can obviously help with that. Um, Are you an Indians or Guardians fan?
0: I am, and I, you know, and even though I hate the name, and I, I, I've been, to, so I've been to actually two fantasy camps as well, which is kind of, the, you know, you go to spring training um, fields out in Arizona, and you get to, you know, you get your own jersey and your name, and you get your own locker, and you're playing on the fields that all the pros play during spring training. I did that twice, and both with Indians on my thing, and I'm like, I don't know if I can even go back and get a Guardians jersey. I, I, I don't know if I can, I'm just, it's just so disheartening. And I love my team and I certainly would love to see them win the world series. Yeah. But I said, that's probably when I would maybe buy a guardians thing is when they win a world series. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I root for him. Um, you know, I love Terry Francona. I just does an amazing job with that team. Uh, you know, low budget, you know, Yeah. you know, kind of the small market team, but yeah, they always do a great job with uh, your know, pitchers and, and uh the players they get uh and i think they'll be competitive and that's the key they've always usually pretty competitive and um but yeah that's they've always been my team i'm huge tommy was my guy um that's who i loved um you know in my younger days um but you know, i grew up in the really bad indians you know era of frank duffy and you know, uh Chris Chambliss and, and those kind of guys playing too. So
1: <laughs> now Jose Ramirez, he's one of I would assume one of the most consistent players out there, right?
0: Absolutely. It did basically any position. I mean, at third mm-hmm. base last year, he crushed it. Um picking up the numbers now. Yeah, first and total points, 80% consistency. Believe it or not, Manny Machado, 83% consistency ahead of him, <laughs> uh, but about 35 points behind him in total. Uh, but yeah he's definitely one of the top guys out there um you know and like i said machado is right up there with him
1: see exactly. last year i ranked machado ahead of ramirez and i got blasted for it and at the end of the day ramirez was the better player but well, a little yeah, bit more consistent more
0: points but yeah. you know he was a little bit more consistent only <laughs> by one week but yeah they're pretty <laughs> actually even when it comes right down to it
1: yeah. Do you think that the schedule change where they're playing everybody um, they play less division games this year? Do you think that'll affect guys who have been known as being consistent? Um, do you think those lack of division games will knock back the consistency at all? Or do you think it'll actually improve consistency?
0: Well, you know, a lot of it's going to be who are those teams that you're playing that now that you, you know. So, you know, like I said, the, you know, Indian or the Guardians and AL Central. Now they're going to play more teams, you know, from different places. You know, if those teams are all bad teams, and bad <laughs> teachers, I guess it's going to help them, right? Um, yeah. So I, I think, I think you know, usually in most of these cases, when it comes to consistency, the cream rides to the top. Yeah. You know, um, what you're looking for, obviously, with a lot of this data, just like in football, is you're looking for those the, the sleepers, if we can use that term still anymore. Uh, the guys that are undervalued, that are more consistent, maybe they didn't score a ton of points, but they might be a great value because their consistency, you know, helps them um, that people don't realize, you know, sure. um, you know, like a Nate Lowe last year was 72% consistent with actually ranking fourth in third baseman, even though he's 11th in total points, mm-hmm. um, you know, where, what is his ADP right now? Is he a good value? He might be, um, you know, obviously it depends on your league and where you're drafting, but yeah, no, that might be a, a good, good value pick because he has consistency, but didn't have that top 10 points, but he was, you know, 11th and, in but fourth in total consistency where, you know, he was ahead of Arenado, He was ahead of Bregman. He was ahead of Vlad. He was ahead of Riley. So, you know, <laughs> may surprise some people. Definitely.
1: Um, now tonight, me and Kevin are ranking outfielders. Um, so who's at the top or near the top of the outfielder consistency that maybe we wouldn't think of as towards the top of the rankings.
0: Well, um, so obviously we all know Aaron judge is way up there, um, <laughs> <laughs> by a lot, uh, 88% consistent. Um, was wow. way ahead in total points. Uh, what may surprise somebody is that, uh, Brandon Drury, who was 12th in total points in the outfield was actually the number two most consistent outfielders at wow. 75%. Uh, that's maybe surprising. Otani's right there at fourth. Julio Rodriguez at third. Mookie Betts at fifth. Um, Adolis Garcia, uh, 68%. Uh, George Springer, Cedric Mullins, uh, Schwarber. That That's your top guys from a consistency standpoint, Um, in the outfield. I mean, Trout's only 64%, even though he's eighth in total points. Now I know he was injured a lot last year, so that's probably certainly probably a lot of his issues, but those are the kind of guys that are up there that may be of good value, you know, may really provide some solid value um, from an outfielder's perspective.
1: Uh, He's Bob Lung from big guy fantasy sports, and
0: he's got his
1: uh, partnered with as well, but his uh, fantasy baseball consistency guide now available on amazon.com. Uh, and you said $7.99, is that what you said?
0: $7.99, yeah. And then w- when you get it, you can use a coupon in there, and it's only $10 for the whole season to have access to all of these, uh, you know, these consistency tools for baseball, the consistency trend report. All of that stuff will be available to you behind the paywall for only 10 bucks for the whole season.
1: That's a great deal. That's a great deal. Uh, Bob, if people want to follow you, where's the best place for them to follow you at?
0: They can follow me on Twitter at Bob underscore Lung. And also don't forget to follow at Ron Rigney, R-I-G-N-E-Y. He's your baseball guy. He can certainly help you with all the consistency data. I'll try. But like I said, <laughs> baseball is not necessarily my uh, my forte. Um, but I certainly know it well enough that I can, I can help you out and explain the consistency. But he can explain the details and why he ranked his people the way he did.
1: We'll have to get him on the show later this season as absolutely. well. Uh, but, Bob, we appreciate your time today. Thank you for say, taking some time for us. Uh, absolutely enjoyed it. And, again, everybody can go to Amazon.com, and you can find the Fantasy Baseball Consistency Guide there, seventy nine dollars 99 And then you get the coupon inside to get $10 for the year uh, at Big Guy, uh, BigGuyFantasySports.com for all those tools that will definitely help set you apart. Bob, again, thank you so much okay. for spending some time with us today.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for being here. Yes, Thanks sir. Being, let me be a part of it.
1: Yes, sir. All right. That's Bob Long. All right. Uh, it is now time to get to our rankings and let's get into the fantasy focus. <laughs> and now back with us is the man, the myth, the legend, the senior <laughs> fantasy writer at belly Kevin Wilson, Kevin Welcome to the show, man. Been uh, been a long Good time to no see. Yeah.
2: yeah, you know, it's too long in between these shows, Vin. So, you know, we put you know put so much stuff in on each show and and it's packed to the scene. So
1: it is indeed. Now, I told the other people we have power outages. Uh, so I'm not at home. I'm at a friend's basement uh, tonight. <laughs> so we've been without power since Friday night. And oh, hopefully,
2: no, we had that same storm pass through here Thursday. Yeah. And we had high winds, but no power outages here. Yeah. But so there's been other places, but not for us.
1: Where I live, there's not a lot of houses, so I think we're kind of far down on the totem pole. Uh, they're working on getting everybody else up and going, so hopefully tomorrow they'll get to us. We'll see uh, how that goes, but enough about me. Let's get the fantasy <laughs> baseball, and That's anybody good. who's just just tuning in, if you missed any of the interview with Bob um, or any of the earlier parts of the show, make sure you go back. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, or here I, on YouTube. I, I, I caught
2: but. the tail end of what he was saying, so I'm going to make sure I go and, and check what what he had to talk about. So I'll
1: tell you what, it's an incredible tool, and it brings a new uh, something that can set you apart in your leagues when you start looking at these consistencies and how you said, you know, Drury was second in outfielders with consistency. Yeah, way
2: when I heard that, I was yeah. I would never have come up with that on my own.
1: Yeah, and of course that doesn't mean you draft Drury second as an outfielder, but. He, you see the value in him as you get later into the rounds and things like that. Uh, this segment is presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com. For all your fantasy needs, both football, baseball, hockey, basketball, and everything else in between, go visit BellyUpFantasySports.com. And we uh, greatly appreciate the support of the Belly Up Fantasy crew as well uh, here on this program. Kevin, we're two weeks away from our draft in this two league.
2: Weeks, you know, it's hard to believe. It's rolling, are you, in and and the are you like is, is is just like three or four weeks away? So, right it's coming.
1: Are you are you all in right now? Like, are, are is, what are you thinking about right now throughout the week when you look at fantasy fantasy baseball? Is well, it draft strategy? Is it rankings? Is it the season?
2: Well, you know my draft strategy kind of ebbs and flows a little bit now, especially that I know what my draft position is which is number seven. And so that could go a whole bunch of different ways. And uh, I just have to figure out what do I value in in that position? Because last year I had the first overall pick. There was no evaluation necessary. (laughs) So... uh, I've been doing some mock drafts with me at the number seven position, and it seems like the same player keeps falling to me in that position, and it's one of them that we're going to talk about tonight.
1: Ooh, okay. I like it. Now, don't go back and watch the beginning of the show. I told everybody a player you're going to pick at some point in the draft, but don't go back and listen. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you on draft night if I was right or wrong. You can't listen because then you'll, you'll ruin okay. it. So um but I, you know, I talked about your um, your your love for in the past for Yadier Molina, and uh, <laughs> so uh, last year finally he didn't come through for you, right?
2: Yeah. So yeah. No, he did not. But uh, that was fine because I had MJ Melendez. I added from the waiver wire, and he did just fine. He came through for you, and so we've already talked about him. He's one of my favorite catchers in fantasy. And so we'll we'll have to see how that works out on draft day.
1: Yeah, I was looking at the guys in our league. We'll get to the outfielders in just a second, people. Just hold on. Uh, but I, I was looking yeah, at our league the other coming. day and looking at we got three Phillies fans in our league. For the first time in my life, there is another Brewers fan in my league.
2: I of course I knew that uh, you know he lives in Wisconsin. Yeah, and uh, I know that because I'm on the show with him. You know, all the fantasy time. football show, yeah, fantasy football, except for this morning, obviously, because I was at work. But uh, um, and I knew that he's he's got his Green Bay shirt, he's he, you know got that going on every show, so I know he's a proud Packers guy, but uh, he's never mentioned the Brewers to me, yeah. And so, uh, when I saw that, and I was like, all right, we're gonna have to keep the eyes on you two guys, <laughs> and um, I, I'm aware of the two Phillies guys, who's the third? One?
1: Uh, Nathan Nathan Ewan is also a Phillies Phillies guy. He also likes the A's, but he's a Phillies slash A's well, guy.
2: Yeah, we don't have to worry about too many uh, him getting to out of whack can, with the with the Oakland A's. He can have them all. He
1: can have them all.
2: <laughs> he can draft them all. So you know, if you do that, Nathan, just know you will <laughs> They're get all. Teased. They're all yours.
1: <laughs> all right, let's get to our fantasy outfield rankings. I do not have the slide for us today with the power outage and everything. I just never got, never got to it. Uh, so we'll talk about our, our uh, fantasy outfielders. Let's start with the top three in our rankings. Um, Kevin, why don't you go first? Your top three outfielders.
2: My top three outfielders are uh, Juan Soto of the Padres, and then Aaron Judge of, the, of course, the Yankees. And then I have Ronald Lacuna as, of the Atlanta Braves in my number three slot.
1: So let's talk. Well, we both have Soto number one. I feel like this is going to be a huge year for him and a slight too. dip for Aaron Judge. Um well, I, well, I don't think no Aaron Judge can
2: possibly replicate what he right. did a year ago because it was one of the great offensive seasons that anyone's ever seen in a hundred years. Yeah. So we're not going to see that again, but even just if he comes even close to that, he's fantasy gold. Mm. And I, and and I mentioned uh, that, you know, I'm number seven in the draft and Aaron judge is the player that has fallen to me just about every draft I've done. Really? And so Aaron judge has become on team Wilson on all the mock drafts that I have done. <laughs> And uh, you mentioned Juan Soto, and I think it's interesting about Juan Soto because ESPN has him as a number two overall player, which I agree with, but some of these others, like fantasy pros and things like that, have him like okay, so I have it here. Juan Soto, he is the fifth outfielder on fantasy pros. That is insanity. What to mean? Insanity. And and this number seven overall player. Now, if perchance—and I don't see it happening—but if I'm on the board at number seven and Juan Soto is sitting there, he is coming on Team Wilson. All right, (laughs) just know that right off the bat, because we all know the troubles he had when he went to the Padres, and before that, he was on one of the worst teams maybe ever. Right. Yeah. But he walked, you know, a thousand times, and his on-base percentage was through the roof, and and. we could put I think aside all those problems he had with the Padres and you know, getting traded and all that stuff with the contract and you know fourteen years or whatever it was for four hundred and ninety-eight million, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. Mess with his mind. It was pretty pretty obvious there, but I think he'll settle in. He's got a great lineup around him. We've talked about that before. And so Juan Soto to me is clearly the number one outfield.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Now, I have a different guy, though, in my top three. I've got Acuna as number four. Um, I got Mookie Betts up there, and I think that we're going to see a lot more steals out of him. I know you've got him just a a few more drops down. i got him at
2: number six. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, as a Dodger guy, you put him at number six. I thought that was pretty fair, even though I wanted to move him up. But these guys, all these guys, are just outstanding players. It's a deep position. See, number four is yeah. Julio Rodriguez is number four on my list. And he's the guy, even though he did everything he possibly could, he's American league rookie of the year. And um, uh, no, well, fantasy pros actually has a number three at outfield. So Hmm. I I thought that was pretty fair of me putting them at number four and Kyle Tucker I know you talked about you're not with the Houston Astros hitters too much this year, but I had him on my team a year ago, and he did everything you could possibly ask for. And he was one of those guys who was a value. Where I picked him, he exploded his his draft day value. What's not going to happen this year. He's (laughs) going to come off the board at the latest in the second round
1: yeah so Kyle Tucker's a guy that I refuse the draft um okay. I have him in my top 10 because I think he his points and things like that it makes sense for him to be there but he's a guy that I refuse the draft I always think that Kyle Tucker is going to bust um and I'll stay on that train till it becomes okay. true but <laughs> <All right>. so, <laughs> so i've I've got him, him at number him eight on my list
2: to me is that he's first of all he's a left-handed hitter yeah. And all that stuff that's going on, all the left-handed hitters in the world are going to benefit from what's, you know, the new rules and all that. And he was batting six last year. I think he moves up in that in in the Houston lineup, and that's got to help him. So he's he done he, you know, thirty homers, hundred RBIs. He's a solid outfielder that I would happily, if he pass on him, I'll happily take. It.
1: To me, he is the fantasy version of the real-life Tampa Bay Rays. You look at the Rays and you go, there's no way they're going to be any good this year. And then they're there. They're always they're there, there at the there.
2: end. Yeah, That's why I was. I, I, I put out a – somebody was saying uh, I, that, uh, the, that the, the Rays are not going to get in the playoffs. I'm like, well, planning on that is not a winning strategy. <laughs> because the Rays are always there every single always year. Always there. Even though their their payroll is what like twenty eighth in baseball or right, even last way down last, there. No, Oakland's last. Oakland's even. last, yeah. Yeah, but they, they they use their all their assets correctly, and so uh, I don't know how we got on on Tampa, but uh, <laughs> but you've Kyle got Tucker at number five to me is a solid play. So my number
1: five is Mike Trout, and to me, the one thing okay. with Mike Trout you always have to look at is the injury issue. Yep.
2: When he's playing games last now, year, he, and, uh, he he went through and he still hit forty homers.
1: Yeah, and he went through a two week slump. I mean, I don't think he had a hit uh, in That's two right. weeks. I
2: remember that uh, that uh, you had him. He was like oh for twenty five or something yeah. or <laughs> like that, and then the second half came and he you couldn't get him out.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he did so, his job finally.
2: <laughs> yeah. And um, because I've I've got him at number seven. Mm-hmm. And uh that's that's pretty pretty good behind Mookie. And then yeah. got Mike Trout, number eight, Michael Harris of of the Braves. So the Braves have two of the top eight outfielders in baseball to me. And then a surprise, maybe, is Cedric Mullins at number nine out of Baltimore. And then See, I've surprise.
1: got I've got Mullins up at number seven on my list. Oh, so,
2: okay, so we're pretty much on the same yeah page when it comes to Cedric Mullins. Yeah. I've had him in the past, and he's got speed. He could do everything. Baltimore's lineups getting better all the time. Yes. And, uh, so, um uh, they Fantasy Pros has him at number twelve. That's way too low for me. And yeah. um, 156 yeah. games he played, he's he, he's in the lineup, he's got speed. So, Cedric Mullins is a solid player that you could get. And they've got him 43rd overall. Ooh. So, we're talking... That's
1: fourth round.
2: To this, yeah, 43rd ranked player in baseball. <coughs> Not according to, to Kevin, but according to fantasy pros. So that's so interesting they that, will be available in the fourth round, for fifth
1: yeah outfield is probably the deepest obviously you got to have more outfielders on your team than anything else but and other than pitchers but um it's a very very deep position and i look you know, at these I guys feel
2: comfortable waiting around on some of these players that yeah. uh you know you can the first base and third and second base are not deep as we talked about before but uh Outfielders, you can wait around for an outfielder.
1: For me, I got seven guys towards the top. So, I mean, Soto, Betts, Judge, Acuna are my top tier. Trout is just below them because of injury. Then I've got Julio Rodriguez and Cedric Mullins. To me, I'd be happy with either of those guys on my team as my number one outfielder even. and Because I think there's value late in the draft.
2: Right. But I think that uh, Julio is going to come off the board earlier – yeah, then we will be able to get him.
1: I agree with that. Um, then I've got Kyle Tucker at eight. Like I said, I'm not drafting him, but I think he belongs there. We both have Kyle Schwarber on our list at, at 10. Okay. Um, okay. And Schwarber's one of those guys. I, I should have asked Bob about his consistency grade. Um, Cause Schwarber's one of those guys that I look at and go, man, I really don't want Schwarber on my team. I feel like he always lets me down yet his points are still high. So I'm wondering if it's a consistency issue. He strikes out a lot. Um, he strikes
2: out a lot, but he also walked 86 times. So he's got that. Hmm. And um, unbelievably enough, for a big man, he had 10 stolen bases.
1: All right. Which will so bump up to 12 won. to 15 this year.
2: All right. And so when you look at it, and he only had a 240 batting average of balls in play, that's way below. He's got a two. Uh, 68 career, so that's below what you would expect out of him. So if that normalizes, which it probably will, because now we're talking about another left-hand hitter.
1: Yeah. That lineup in Philly, though, is so it's, tough.
2: It is. <laughs> and so uh, any, I, I'm sure with three Phillies guys in our league, that's not going to happen. <laughs> No.
1: Yeah, Swerver Schwar- will be gone um be for gone. sure.
2: Now yes.
1: you've got Michael Harris and I understand it. You got him at 8. I don't have him in my top 10. Uh but he's right there on that cusp. I I worry a little bit about Michael Harris. He had a great rookie season overall. Yeah, I'm he was concerned the
2: of the year even though I thought Spencer Strider should have been the rookie of the year but that's just
1: another brave. <laughs> yes, another brave. Yeah.
2: Another player that i had on my fantasy team who he got hurt late so maybe that's probably what happened to him so.
1: do you have concern about the sophomore slump for michael harris
2: well the thing that when i when i because i got his numbers right here the thing that gets me is he uh he only had 21 walks and 107 strikeouts and okay. so that is a concern but he is you know a young guy and another left hand hitter mm-hmm. so he's got that in his favor and so uh and he's ranked number nine by Fantasy Pros and 28th overall. So, in the third round, I might be pretty safe taking him in the third. If so he's there.
1: I put a guy in my top ten that I'm going to guess nobody else has in their top ten. Uh, okay. So, I'm taking a little bit of a swing at this. But if he stays healthy, I've got Luis Robert from Chicago White Sox okay. in there at number nine. He's the
2: second person that I've heard that have raved about him, but... I have been burned so <laughs> – we're talking burnt like black coat. Yeah. So yeah. there's zero chance that Lewis Robert will be on my fantasy team. Okay. So,
1: That's good. That's good. So you, you're so, going to get yeah, Kyle no, Tucker. No, you're, you're up I'm going to get Robert. Chicago
2: White Sox. We, we talked about that. And so uh, I could see – he's got all the tools. So yes. if he ever put it together – He can be a guy who can really, really do it for you in fantasy, but I'm not going to be the guy that swings for the fences for him and tries to get him on my team.
1: Yeah, see, that's where I sit at is if as a fantasy player, you've got to hit on these guys at the right time. And if you miss, obviously it hurts. Yeah, and he's a guy, and I think the White Sox as a whole, not not saying every White Sox player, but – I think the White Sox are sliding under the radar this year, and I think because of the disappointment of last season when we all expected well, them have to a, be good.
2: Ninety-two year old manager at the helm anymore, so that <laughs> yeah.
1: Help. But last year we expected them to be good, and they right? weren't
2: because they won a the division the year before.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think they're going to be right there again. The Guardians are going to be good again for sure, but the White Sox halftown, They have some really good pitching. Um, They've got some stars if they can stay healthy. Healthy is everything.
2: The concern, you know, behind the plate, in the outfield, yeah, those guys, you don't know if they're going to play 140 games or they might play 78.
1: Yeah. But I'm in on them. I think this is the year. This is the year for them. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about Bryce Harper. Neither of us have him in our top ten. He's obviously coming into the season injured, coming off right. the Tommy John surgery. When he returns, he's going to be effective. Do you draft Bryce Harper and stash him, um, or do well, you say I'm going to let somebody else do that?
2: Well, I've I see uh, uh, Bryce Harper is more of a DH. Okay, this year. Than an outfielder because of the injury, and from what I've read about him, that he's ahead of schedule, okay, as far as his health is concerned, and they expect him to be in camp. Oh, doesn't mean that he's ready you know, gonna be playing in camp, but he's supposed to be in camp, and so uh he's kind of like the same situation that uh certain motorcycle shortstop for the Padres, Tatis, last last year where, well, you didn't know for sure when he would be back. It was speculated he'd be back by the All-Star game. That's what the initial progress report said. And if he's ahead of that, then it depends on what's happening during the draft. I'm not going to take a swing at him in the middle of a draft. I'm not going to do that. But if he's sliding and it's getting into the very late stages of the draft, I could certainly see taking him and putting him on your IL spot whenever that opens up and then probably taking a player that you might have taken anyway and get him on your team and then just hopefully you don't have a bunch of guys on your IL where you have to make decisions, (laughs) which is Um, almost impossible because, you know, Tatis was in that situation and I know – You know, other players get hurt, and all of a sudden, well, I got to drop somebody.
1: So, what, um, first of all, Dan D'Amico will draft him at some point. um, I'm guessing. Last year, Dan's like, oh, you don't want to draft Fernando Tatis, and then he drafted him. He drafted
2: him anyways, but then he had to wind up dropping him because, of course, he didn't play a game.
1: Right. Right. But
2: what the, you know, not like Tatis because Bryce Harper is the anti Tatis. True. And so when he's ready to play, he's going to play. You don't have to worry about him being a knucklehead or any other things. You know, he's not going to be on motorcycles. He's not going to do handstands, you know, or whatever else. And so he's a professional. And he was, for a while there, he was always like, oh, he's such a great player. But when you compared him to Trout, Trout blew him out of the water. Hmm. Practically every year, but that has not been the case the last couple of years. Bryce Harper, ever since he went to Philadelphia, has been a solid, solid player. Yeah. And um, so if he slides in the draft, I might have to make that decision. And uh, he's Bryce Harper, so that makes things a little bit easier. But if, I, if somebody – I think someone's going to take him earlier than I'd be comfortable doing.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll be that guy. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know that I can let him pass round four or five because uh, I mean
2: that high then yeah you you there's no chance I'm in on it
1: he's the kind of guy that when he's back as long as he's going to be there for three quarters of the season he, he's going to give something and so if that means I have to stash for the first quarter of the season whenever it could be I'm trying to find uh some information right now when he's going to be back um That's but
2: what I read that he that the Phillies and said that he was going to be in come to, to spring training and, and what, what that he was ahead of schedule, whatever that means. And that uh, his initial progress was he was going to be back by the All-Star game. But yeah. if he's ahead of that, then we're talking, I, I don't know, maybe June? Maybe, you know, because Acuna, we didn't know for sure when he was going to come in. And True. he was in by the end of April. So that's the kind of thing where you need to keep your, you know, up on the progress reports on him and see what the situation is. We only got two weeks before the draft, so right. I don't know how much information you're going to get on him, so you're just going to have to fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah, him.
1: and that's what it seems like most people are saying all star break. Um, but if he's going to just DH, there's definitely a chance he comes back before that, not much right. before that, but a little but before that as well.
2: I think because they'll still have his outfield eligibility, so that's fine. Right, You right. can put him on the outfield, and we have a DH slot in our league. Which every league should have. Yeah, I don't understand why you would have a league that doesn't have that. If you're doing drafts on ESPN, they don't have a DH slot on their league. I don't get that, but uh, but anyhow. Yeah.
1: Well, you know it's if interesting. Well, let's. I'm going to hold All-Star off. Game. Yeah, I I like okay. him. I think I think I'm looking fourth, fifth, sixth round somewhere in that a lot range. To
2: like about Bryce Harper, really. Yeah, yeah. But well, again, like we've got that much. If we've got three Phillies fans. No.
1: Three Phillies fans in our league. Yeah, so
2: maybe they'll (laughs) arm wrestle each other and find out. You know, he he could go first
1: round for all we know. I mean,
2: that's right. So you know, just like um, you know, it was in in the chat and we were talking about how Yelich is going in the first round between (laughs) you
1: and uh, me and Chase. Yeah,
2: you and Chase. And so if that happens, then I'm highly supportive of that,
1: I like Christian Yelich. I'm not taking him. That high, for sure. I think last year I got him in the sixth round, maybe. Um, He
2: consistently shows up as the player that's going to be a bust this year. I'm not sure I'm ready to get into that as far as – because his ADP is below what it's been in the past. So, Oh, his ADP is ridiculous. Yeah, so if you get him around that area, then there's value there.
1: See, typically I would go into the draft this draft thinking, well, I can hold off, but now that Chase is in the league, I have to figure out well, what how big of a homer is Chase? Am I, I mean, am I gonna have to jump up and get him? You know,
2: because <laughs> I know because Chase, this is his very first year of playing fantasy baseball. Yeah. So there is no you know, vapor trail, there's no <laughs> smoke signals, there's nothing, there's no track record of what he's done in the past to be able to decipher. What exactly he's going to do come drafting? Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what what happens with him.
1: Yep. Um, uh, value pick sleeper. Value who who pick. do you get?
2: My value pick is a young player by the name of Stephen Kwan of the Cleveland Guardians, <laughs> and um, they. It, it's not really. It's it's a value pick, but still, he's twenty eighth. Outfielder overall, 114th. So it's not like he's going in the 20 round or anything. But if you, at number 28 outfield, that's, he's going to go better than that to me.
1: I'm surprised he's that low. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If you look at things, you know, he's another left-handed batter. All right. He's got, uh, and this is what really locked him in to me. He walked 62 times and struck out 60. Oh, wow. That is the kind of thing that Albert Pujols used to do, right? Yeah. So he, won't, you know, all these other guys, you know, when you're in points leagues like we are, you have to be cognizant of their strikeouts, especially somebody like Schwarber who strikes out two hundred and fourteen times or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he only struck out sixty times and in, um, in one hundred and forty-seven games, and he hit two ninety-eight, and um, had nineteen stolen bases and was caught five times. And he's 25 years old. So he's a guy that I would be looking for coming around. If, if this holds at 114, that's 10th round material right there. And there's all kinds of value to be found if that's what happens. I suspect that he'll go earlier than that in our draft. But if that holds, if you get him in the 10th round, there's all kinds of value to be found here.
1: Definitely uh, my value pick slash sleeper is another young guy that maybe doesn't get viewed as being a young guy. And that's Eloy Jimenez. So I'm going to stick with the white socks here okay. again, injury prone. He's had injury issues. Um, but I I'm kind of banking on these guys this year to see what they can pull out. Uh, he's not going to get you any stolen bases. So the value is going to have to come uh, with, with other things uh, for sure with that. At the end of the day, um, his war last last year was the highest it's been um, in his career, and uh, which shows some, some improvement, in my opinion. And so I look at Eloy Jimenez and think most people have him devalued. They're afraid of him because he gets injured. They're a guy that they'll pick up later because, well, I know that name, so maybe I'll take him. No one is passionate about Eloy Jimenez, and I think you can get a great value on him. And I think, and this is purely guessing, of course, I think this is the year he stays healthy. I think he plays around 140 to 150 games. And if he does that, he's going to be the kind of value pick that you can live with.
2: If he plays 140 or 150, and then uh, Luis Robert plays 140 or 150 games, their outfield is popping up there in Chicago. So, yeah. And then you got Andrew Vaughn, who keeps showing up on my uh, value list. Yeah. And um, so we'll have to see on him. What happens with 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 Chicago because they've got players that that could really 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 be a value. Yeah, and and Bond, you don't have to worry about injuries with him. So right. Uh,
1: who's
2: there, your bust this you year at
1: outfielders. outfielders?
2: My bust, okay, my bust is Toscar Hernandez, who got uh, sent to the Seattle Mariners by the Toronto Blue Jays. And Fantasy Pros has him as the number 16th outfielder number 58 overall. That is way too high. And there's no chance that I would use (laughs) a fifth or sixth round pick on this guy. Going to Seattle, that's not the hitter's park. That's not a hitter's paradise up there. And um, you look at the – unlike the guy I just talked about, Juan, Coast Guard Hernandez walked just 34 times and struck out 152 that's a killer in point please <laughs> yeah and so um when you look at it and he also had a 335 batting average and balls in play that will that's not sustainable that's not gonna That's not gonna follow him around and uh he's a right hand hitter so there'll be no shift you know aid for him and so i'm not buying Coach Guard Hernan, don't be looking to do what he did in 2021 where he had 32 homers and 116 RBIs. That's not happening up in Seattle.
1: I think I don't think he can do worse than last year. Um, I think even in a different field, I think he has to do better than he did last year. Right. Uh, not so, in the
2: tune where you're taking him in the fifth round. No, no, no. Uh, that's cannot, true. That that value is way overinflated. And so if somebody else wants to take him in the fifth or sixth, you go ahead and do that. And uh, I'll just chug right
1: on. Yeah, I agree. That's definitely too early for him. My my bust, and this is not your stereotypical bust. I just think he's going to be valued too high, and I'm not willing to take him at that that price because I think I think that's going to come back to bite you. It's Jordan Alvarez, um, and I just again well, I know he's Houston yeah. now, and it's not yeah. because he's at Houston. I just to me he's the kind of guy that. I think we're going to see a dip in him, and he's still well, going to be a. With him is
2: he hasn't picked up a bat in spring True. training. True. Not one. He hasn't had no at bats. Don't know when he will pick up an at bat. And for somebody that's going off the board in the second round, that's not happening here.
1: Yeah, uh, to me, he's just a guy that you have to understand where he's at in his career, where he's at health-wise, where he's at. Um, Ballpark-wise isn't bad, uh, but I just sit here and I look at Alvarez and I think people are going to want to take him early, and I just can't do well, it. I can't bring myself to do it.
2: Will. He'll be off the board by late second round. Yeah. As a matter of yeah. fact, I've got him because, we, you know um, – Jordan Alvarez is the eighth overall player, according to fantasy pros. And that ain't happening. Yeah. I mean, he's young. That could happen if he's healthy, but we don't know that. Right. And when it comes to the Astros, they are not the most outspoken organization (laughs) to put it plain nicely. When it comes to updating on, you know, their players and their health and their injuries. Right. And so, you may not see him in a, a, a spring training game this year. So, it's
1: rare that I'm low on guys that are young. Uh, I yeah. always kind of think, hey, if you're young, you got the potential to come through, yeah, break through, right. have your he's best year yet.
2: He, he hits from the left side, so you think yeah. that would be a, a – as a DH, he's got value. Sure. If, because well – all well, right, so let's
1: let's get on to that that topic real quick as I I okay. I don't want to take much more time. We're already past the hour mark. But right. um you talked about well every every league should have every fantasy league should have d h and I used to agree with you. Honestly, I look at it now, I think it's a watered down position. It's basically a utility position. Everybody right. has DH eligibility.
2: Right. And that's that's fine, but just being you know, because it's an official position now on every major league yeah. team and uh you know as you mentioned, every player is going to be a DH at some point. Yeah. So, but when it comes to just pure DHs standing at the top of the list, has to be Shohei Ohtani. He's
1: the only guy that you he's can the draft. Only,
2: guy that will only be DH. Yes,
1: That's all and he's the do
2: besides pitch, he's, of course. But.
1: He's the only guy you can draft. That is that only has the offensive ranking as DH. If there's anybody else out there that only says DH next to their name, you can't draft them, in my opinion.
2: No, no, you can't because that's going to lock up your, you know, your roster. And um, like uh, you know, we talked about Cruz a while back that he yep. was going to start off by hitting number five in the San Diego Padres lineup. Well, good luck with that because he will not be there for long. Yeah, and he's forty-seven years old, or whatever he is. So,
1: <laughs> right, there's right
2: zero chance. Cruz Nelson Cruz, there's there's no spot on Team Wilson for him.
1: Yeah, uh, listen, Kevin's on Twitter at Kevin 62 S E A, and you always find his articles on BellyUpFantasySports.com. dot uh, com. What what are you working on right now, Kev?
2: Well, um, my uh, you know because last week we talked about uh, second base and shortstop, so. I put out an article about uh, short shortstop value plays. And uh, we, as you, the shortstop is a deep position this year. Yeah. And so uh, you might want to take a look at that. And uh, now that we've talked about outfielders, there's going to be a story dropping tomorrow about my outfield value plays other than Stephen Kwan, because I do have some. That uh, I really like that uh, some young guys, some veterans returning from injury. So that story will be dropping. You can be real sure that will happen tomorrow. So look for that on the uh, Belly Up Fantasy uh, website. And uh, there's a lot of content on that Belly Up Fantasy website for baseball. It's blowing the doors off of every other sport on that site. So get over there. Check out everything that's on there. You'll like what you find.
1: Next week, we cover the pitchers. We round out our position previews and rankings to get us ready for the draft in two weeks, which will air live for you right here on YouTube and Belly Up Fantasy Facebook as well. We'll bring on the other guys from our league throughout the draft and have them share their thoughts and and opinions as they're going through it as well. But next week, we rank starting pitchers. We'll talk about uh, relief pitchers and closers specifically as well. Uh, next week. Uh, again, we'll get you get you all ready for draft. Um, uh, you can follow me at Sports Stove, Twitter and Instagram as well. And then don't forget about Bob Lung. Came on at the beginning of the program. Right. Um, great stuff there. com. and then they got that baseball consistency guide on Amazon for $7.99 uh, there as well. Lots of tools available to you and I really appreciate Bob taking some time to come on as well. All right, Kev, we're at a, we're at an hour five, and I know everybody loves listening to us, but uh, we're going to give them a break <laughs> for the evening. I'll get that's this right. up on so the audio as soon that, as possible. Uh,
2: we will do the draft a little bit earlier than we normally do. The show is that what the plan is?
1: Uh, is it earlier? I thought it was at eight o'clock, but it might be at seven. I'll have to look.
2: That, that's something that we need to look at.
1: We'll let people know next week. We'll tell them next week when to when to be ready for that for sure. That's right. But I think I think it's still at 8 o'clock. When the curtain raises yep.
2: on the Fantasy Draft Belly Up Sports Edition.
1: That's right. It'll be at 8 o'clock, a normal normal time, 8 o'clock normal Eastern time? time. Okay. Yes, That's sir. Fine. Yes, sir. Totally good. Uh, so we'll have it ready for you right then. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's edition of the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show presented by Belly Up Fantasy and Righteous Felon Jerky. Until next time,
2: we'll see you around the sports stove. That's right.